He is risen. Okay, so this, you're going to hear me say this a few times this morning. This is like a traditional greeting on Easter morning. And so someone would say, he is risen, and then your response was, he is risen indeed. Okay, so we're going to practice a little bit, all right? So he is risen. He, man, you guys are good. So normally, the tradition of that greeting was followed by alternating kisses on the cheek. But because of COVID, you know, we're, <laughs> because of COVID, we're not going to do that. We may just start, that's going to be just from now on, like, you know what, I can't do that because of COVID, you know, you know, just, you know, I can't wear jeans anymore. I only wear basketball shorts and my dress shirt because of COVID, right? Right. You know, I can't get my hair cut because of COVID. Not picking on anybody in the room, but I mean, all all of us, all of us. Yeah. By the way, I love the hairdos. The COVID hairdos are awesome. Some Some of you guys haven't changed at all. So, so some of my buddies in the room. If you're my buddy, I'll pick on you. So, anyways, he is risen. Oh, I like how you guys follow my inflection. So, if like, he is risen. Oh. That sounded a little creepy there. So, but he is risen. Yeah. I was just thinking um, this week, you know, you realize a year ago, today, None of you were here in this room, and we're all, you guys were all at home, and we had been at home for about two weeks, and I just remember Passion Week, and I was like, I cannot be at home. Um, I have to be at church and show you guys a little normal, and so remember I built that weird thing, and I took my life in my hands up here, and I thought it was only going to be for two weeks. Because that's what we were told, and then, yeah. Um, but hey, we get to be together, and it's really good, really good to be together. Really good. Thank you, worship team. If worship team is still in the house, thank you for leading us. And um, I know we're having problems at home, and we're trying to figure that out with sound, but well, it is what it is, as they say. But I was, it got me thinking of all these cool Easter songs this morning, some of the old school Easter songs. I'm probably going to date myself a little bit this morning with some of them. Anybody remember Don Francisco? Some of you are like, I have no idea who that is. Um, Don Francisco sang this song called He's Alive, and it's a story song, and if we had time, I'd play it, it's, and it's super cheesy now when you kind of go back and listen to it, but man, in the moment, in the day, that song was so powerful because it was a song s- spoken from Peter's point of view, that Peter had just denied Jesus, and those three days of like torture for him, and then he was the one that ran with John, and then was the one that peeked into the two, actually, John peeked in, Peter, of course, just barged right in, and realized, hey, Jesus isn't here, but they didn't really quite get it, and it wasn't until um, later that Jesus would appear to them. And then he sings this song. And in the song, he just barks it out, just yells it out. He's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. It's so good. I wrote this next song down for Bill and Jody Collins. And I think they're in the house. 
Um, second chapter of Acts did a song called um, Easter Song. Hear the bells ringing, you know, it's all the piano thing, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Oh, Sandy Patty did one called um, Was It a Morning Like This? These are all like choir songs I used to sing back in the day. And, um, but then I was thinking, probably one of my favorite Easter songs, and it's really not considered an Easter song, but it is, is an old hymn. And you guys might like, well, you led worship here for a long time, and you didn't sing very many hymns, but I do like hymns. And um, I just want to read it to you this morning, try to read it to you, because it's a song that encapsulates the whole week and what Jesus has done for us. God sent his son, and they called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. And then one day, I'll cross the river. I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory, and I know he lives. And the chorus is the best part. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth living because he lives. And some of you guys are kind of singing that a little bit. You guys want to sing it with me? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Yeah, that's good. He is risen. Amen. You know, there's another thing that reminds us, another verse in the Bible that really takes the whole gospel message and puts it into one verse. And you've heard it a thousand times. And if you watch sporting events, you see it. In the background, you see it on guys' eyes. You see it here and there. And it's John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world, right? And so we are actually in that passage this morning. As we are working our way through the book of John, we made it to chapter 3, church. New life, we're in chapter (laughs) 3. But I I was thinking of that verse because there's so many times we've heard that verse, and sometimes it can become... Not that I would ever want the Word of God to become this, but it has become a little cliche. Like, oh, John 3.16, I know that verse. I've heard that verse. But if we really capture, like, what is this verse saying to me? And what is this verse saying to us? And sometimes we need to hear it again, but from a different perspective. And so I've asked a few of my friends to come this morning, and they're going to share it from their perspective. So if I, so I'm just call, call you in order and then I'm gonna have you come, come across the front. Is that okay? So Delia, why don't you come up? Andrea, Andrea's here. 
almost freaked you out, didn't I, Andrea? I almost freaked you out a little bit. Okay. So, Andrea, you're going to stand right here. Effie's, come on up. And then Ruth. Ruth, come on up. And then Ruslan. Ruslan's going to come on up. So, Ruth, come over here, like right here. All right, so I've asked them to share John 3.16 from their perspective. And they're going to read it to you in their language. And so what, what I want to introduce yourself and tell us what language you're going to be reading it in. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. So my name is Delia. Um, I'll be reading in Russian. Евангелия от Иоанна, третья глава, 16 стих. Ибо так возлюбил Бог мир, что отдал Сына Своего Единородного, дабы всякий, верующий в Него, не погиб, но имел жизнь вечную. That's awesome. Thank you, Delia. Um, good morning. My name is Andrea, and I'll be reading in German. Um, the font is really small, so I bought this many years ago. So I wrote it out. Um, Gott liebte die Menschen so sehr, dass er seinen einzigen Sohn hergab. Nun wird jeder, der sein Vertrauen auf den Sohn Gottes setzt, nicht zugrunde gehen, sondern ewig leben. Awesome. Hi everybody, my name is Zafis and I'm going to read this to you in Spanish. ¿Por qué tanto amó Dios al mundo? que dio a su Hijo unigénito para que todo el que cree en Él no se pierde, pero sino que tenga vida eterna. My name is Ruth Mawasi, and I will read the scripture in Swahili, uh, national language, and I'll also say it in Taita, my first language. In Swahili, in, it says... Yohana mlango watatu kifungu cha sita. Maana Mungu aliupenda ulimwengu hivi hata akamtoa mwanawake wa pekee ili kila amamwenyaye asipotee bali awe na uzima wa milele. In Taita. Yohana mterengo wa kadadu mtirigo wa ikumi na irandadu. Angu Mlungu orehukundie vurumwengu hata ukamfunya mwanawake wa kuvalwa waititi. Uo wose mrumiriaka kwake, usetote andwangi. Ela ukaye na irangisha kala na kala. Amen. Mm-hmm. So this is our new friend, Ruslan, and his native language is Russian. But I'd already asked Dilya to read it in Russian. So he's going to read it in his new language. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell us where you're from, Ruslan. Uh, uh, actually, from uh, Russia, but uh, last 20 years I live in Dagestan. It's Muslim Republic. I was missionary there, and last year I'm here, <laughs> in new land. <laughs> so, and I will read John 3:16 in heavenly language, English. <laughs> 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 yeah, it seems like that. <laughs> Uh, for God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not die but have eternal life. 
Amen. That's so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for doing that this morning. Hey, close your eyes with me, please. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, Jesus, will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And so, God, we give you thanks. And Lord, we pray for your world this morning. In this little place in Renton, Washington, we stop and pray for the world. And just a taste of language this morning, but languages all over the world, people who are seeking you and, and wanting to know you, and we pray that they would find you today because you are a faithful God who holds true to his promises that says if you seek me with sincerity, with a heart that really wants to know God, that you will reveal yourself. And so, Lord, we pray for revelation. Lord, revelation around our world, but we pray for revelation in this room today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. It is a verse that is universal. The gospel, the good news of Jesus is universal, and sometimes we do get caught up. That was classic, Ruslan. I'm going to read it to you in the heavenly language of English. But sometimes we get caught up in that, right? That we forget that God so loved the world. We forget. I, I forget it sometimes. Sometimes I just get locked into, for God so loved Fairwood that he gave his one and only son. <laughs> and I forget that God is moving and he's active and he's, God is universal because he is risen for, oh, he is risen for all, right? For all, not just for those who live or look like, or speak like me, but for all. And so the passage, in, if we look at this passage, and sometimes we just pluck these scriptures, and I wrote down this morning, we're going to do a series someday on famous Bible verses in their context. Because it's fascinating. Like this passage comes out of a conversation that Jesus is having with somebody who is kind of locked into that. For God so loved our people. And that's it. Everybody else is out. And that was never the message. The message was to Abraham that you will bless many nations. I will bless many nations through you. It was never like, hey, I'm just going to bless you and your descendants, and then everybody else is out. And that's the conversation. Conversations in the Bible are fascinating. There's some incredible conversations. I mean, you start back with the original conversation Adam had with God, and then Adam and Eve had with God that started this whole mess. The reason why Jesus had to come. And then just conversation after conversation. Moses called but out, out in the desert. He'd been there for a long time. Some of us think like, well, I'm called, and it's been two weeks, and I'm just really mad at God. <laughs> Try 40 years. 40 years in the desert. And Moses has a conversation with a bush that is on fire. It's actually God speaking. Balaam had a conversation with his donkey. 
I mean, we all talk to objects like that. Some of you talk to your cars. I've heard you. <laughs> I've seen you driving. You're, just, you know, you're talking to your car. You give your cars names. Not that I'm looking at anybody over there, but, um, you know. But your cars don't talk back to you. In this case, Balaam talks to his donkey, and the amazing thing is his donkey talks back. It's a fascinating story. Numbers 22. You should look it up. Pretty interesting. I learned from, we have a, you know, wildfire. We have a uh, Liberty taught this last month, and she was teaching on, you know, just like young people in the Bible. And she taught on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with Nebuchadnezzar. But they showed us the VeggieTales version of that. (laughs) I'd never seen it. But it wasn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Nebuchadnezzar. It was Rack, Shaq, Benny, and Mr. Nezer. <laughs> they had incredible conversations. Those three guys stood up for their faith. Um, and they could have not. They could have just bowed and hid in the back and, and really prayed to God. And, but they said, no, we're not going to do it. And their conversation was incredible because they said, our God is faithful and he will rescue us. Because... What was going to happen is if they didn't bow, they were going to be thrown in the fire. And they said, this is the conversation that they were having with the king. Our God is faithful and he will save us. But even if he does not, church, that is, that's faith. I mean, all of us can say, well, I'm, I'm just praying for healing right now. But that's where we stop. Well, God, if you just heal me, if you'll do this, if you'll do that, then I'll give you praise. I'll spend the rest. But even if you don't heal me, I will give you praise. And that's what they said. Even if God doesn't save us, we will still not bow to your idol. And we know we'll be with him. Conversations, important that we look at conversations. And I want us to look in John chapter 3 this morning, about this amazing conversation that Jesus has with a man named Nicodemus. That in that conversation, John 3.16 shows up. If you need a Bible, we have Bibles. Raise your hand and we'll, we'll love to bring one to you. Okay. Page 913 if you have one of the church black Bibles. You know, Jesus really does want us to know the truth. I mean, there's a conversation that two of his followers have with Jesus right after Jesus is resurrected from the dead. And they're going home because they're like, well, I guess it's over. And Jesus shows up and walks with them. But somehow he like masks himself. You know, there's that show, The Masked Singer, or whatever it is. This is the masked savior showed up, and he is having a conversation with these two of his followers, and he walks them through the scriptures. And then at one point, when he um, sits down to eat with them, he reveals himself, and they're like, ah, and then Jesus disappears. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he just just disappears. Great conversations. Verse 1 in chapter 3. 
Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So this is really key for us when we start looking at John 3.16, because Nicodemus is a Pharisee. Now, what do we generally know about the Pharisees? Well, the Pharisees are the ones that kind of rallied the crowds to kill Jesus. It was the Pharisees, because they were the ones who were put in charge of the law and made sure everybody knew it. They're the ones who had almost isolated everybody from God because they had added to the word of God. They were really serious about the law of God, but we know that the law of God doesn't save us. In fact, what the law of God does is it shows us that we need God. That's the purpose of the law, was to show us our need for him, not for us to figure out, like, I think I can do this. You know, I think I might be able to do this. That's, that's kind of what the Pharisees were doing. Like, well, if we can add enough and uh, just stretch it just enough where we can possibly make it work. And so Nicodemus, not just being a Pharisee, but he was on the ruling council. It means he's one of the men in charge. In fact, later, if we get there, we'll see. <laughs> You'll get there. You read it on your own. We'll see that Jesus actually calls him Nicodemus, you're actually like the teacher of Israel. You are the teacher, and you don't understand these basic concepts, which I believe Jesus was. He wasn't like casting shade on him, but what he was doing, he was like, he was letting him know that even you, Nicodemus, need me. And so Nicodemus sometimes takes a bad rap for coming to Jesus at night, but we don't really know his intention. Maybe it's because when Jesus was hanging out in the synagogues and throughout, he was always in a crowd with people. And Nicodemus wanted to have a sincere, real conversation with Jesus, so he came to him at night. Well, maybe he did come to him with fear, like, I don't want my peers to see me do this. Maybe there was some shame, like, man, if I'm seen with this Jesus, then I'm going to be um, like put in that same, and I won't be, have the power that I have now. In fact, we see Nicodemus three times in the Bible, in the book of John. We see him here. We'll see him later actually stand up for Jesus, and then they do exactly what possibly why he was afraid to go to Jesus in the, fir- in the first place. Because he stands up for Jesus and they say, well, are you from Galilee too? Are you one of his? Are you just like him? But we'll see out of this conversation that it changes his life. Nicodemus' life is changed by his encounter with Jesus, his nocturnal encounter. Because it's two guys that go and actually ask permission to take Jesus' body down from the cross. Two. One was Joseph of Arimathea, who Jesus was placed temporarily, short-time rent, in the tomb, 
you know. So next time Joseph uses, he could almost, he could advertise it, almost new. <laughs> so Nicodemus was the other one that was with him. So we have Joseph and Nicodemus show up and ask for Jesus' body. And that's the only time we hear. And that, to me, it just shows that this conversation, Nicodemus becomes a Jesus follower. And his life has changed. And he takes this conversation that he has with Jesus to heart. And like, okay, this is real. Jesus does what he always does. He's asked a question or he responds to a statement with a statement that he didn't even come up with. Like, hey, I want to do this. And then Jesus comes up from because he knows the depths of our hearts. And he knows exactly what we need to hear because he knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're thinking. And so Jesus' response to Nicodemus coming and saying, hey, I acknowledge that you've got to be from God because no one does what you do. Nobody does it. And Jesus' response to him was, truly, I tell you, no one can can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. And Nicodemus totally gets it. And they just move right on. I mean, it's like swing and a miss. I mean, not even close. Much like last week when, we, when Jesus cleared, you know, was clearing the temple and he says, hey, show, they were saying, show us a sign. Show us your, why you can be, even do this. And Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. And he did. But they swung and missed. Like, it took 46 years to build this. They don't... And Nicodemus, he was actually, I believe that Nicodemus, if you read, he shows up right after the clearing of the temple, probably saw it. Like, okay, I got to investigate a little bit more about this guy because what he does is different than I've ever seen before. And for those of us that follow Jesus, if you look back at like those times where he, when he was drawing you and your eyes were open, you're like, you're, you were seeing things that you'd never seen before. And you're like, I need to know more about this Jesus. And that's what Nicodemus is doing. And so he asks from his heart. He doesn't even say it with words. And Jesus said, hey, if you want this new life, yeah, you need to be born again. But he doesn't quite get it. You mean, and then he goes there, awkward. He just does. You mean, I, I, I can't do that. I can't go back to my mom and do that. I mean, read it. It's right there, right? I'm not going to read it. And Jesus says, no, it's, it's, it's new life. It's new life that I'm talking about here. And then Jesus goes weatherman on him and says, hey, the wind blows. You know, you, you see the effects of the wind. So this is a great example for us. Like, I cannot see wind but I can see the effects of wind, and I can feel the wind. And Jesus says, hey, so you see the effects, you feel it, you don't know where it's coming from, you don't even know where it's going, where it's going to end up, but that is just like following me. You may have plans, but I have new plans 
It's a plan of the Spirit. It is kingdom plans. It's, it's way bigger than just your pharisaical life because God loved the world, not just this little group. And so I need my people to be like the wind and who will flow with me and will share that message that will be, bring effect into people's life. They might not be able to see it or know where it comes from, but they'll feel it and they'll sense it. They'll see it. Regardless of why Nicodemus came, I, I honestly don't care why he came. I'm glad he did. And what we do know is that he did come with a sincere heart. And Jesus loves sincerity. I want you guys to hear that. Jesus loves sincerity. Jesus knows when the fake is on. Jesus knows when we're just putting in the time. Jesus longs for that sincere heart to come to him. And we'd, we'd already seen that. There's, there's times where people came and they asked, they asked the perfect question, but they didn't come with a sincere heart, and then they walked away. Nicodemus comes, doesn't even ask a question, and Jesus meets him exactly where he's at and says, you need to be born anew, new life. Believe and trust in me. Is what Jesus said. And when you follow me, when you trust in me, then I'll give you a new nature, new purpose, new affections. I'll give you a new aim for your life. Not just an aim of, I want to be comfortable. I want to have this. I want to have that. I want to have. He's going to give us a whole new aim. It's going to be a kingdom aim because we're going to realize that, oh, I'm only here for so long. I need to make a difference for Jesus while I'm here. And there's people around me that need to know about Jesus, and I need to be part of that. You know, there's a difference between just knowing facts and understanding truth. Nicodemus really understood the facts, but he didn't really know the truth. Like one of the smartest guys in Israel right here. Didn't quite get it. But Jesus loves on him and, and just shares with him anyways. And as we go on later in this passage, we see that, that he brings, Jesus brings in a little bit of the Old Testament. and says, hey, you remember that story about Moses when he raised up the snake on the pole in the desert? And if you looked at that, if they looked at that snake, they would be healed. That's just like the Son of Man. He must be lifted up. And what happened is people had been grumbling. God had rescued and saved them, and then they began to grumble again. And God didn't like it, and so he brought judgment. But then he brought deliverance. So we've all been snake-bitten by sin. And the penalty of that is death. And Jesus said, just like when they were actually snake-bitten, that if that happened, they could look at that on the hill that looked like a cross on the hill, and they would be rescued. And that's the same for us, spiritually. And that's what he's talking about, Nicodemus. You need to look at me. I will be lifted up. 
I am the one who saves. I'm the one who rescues. Yes, Nicodemus, you can know everything about everything, but you really need to know me. You need to know me. Jesus is having this conversation with Nicodemus and says, you guys think that it's just for you, but it's for all. And then in that conversation, right after talking about the Son of Man being lifted up, Jesus says, you know, Nicodemus, for God so loved the world, not just you, not just your group, not just Jerusalem, not just Israel. He does love Jerusalem. He does love Israel, yes. But he loves the world. That whoever believes in the Son of Man, whoever believes in Jesus, the Son that came from heaven, will have everlasting life. Man, that's an incredible message. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, verse 17, but to save the world. And then Jesus goes on, but here's the problem. It's good to know that God knows the problem. I'm light, but men prefer darkness. In fact, it says they love darkness. And so when the light shows up, they're like, I don't want anything to do with it. So then when we do that, we condemn ourselves because we also see that Jesus said, hey, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. So when light shows up, what's our response? How do we respond to the light of Jesus? And maybe for some of us, we've always been like this, and maybe it's time for us to come like Nicodemus with a sincere heart and and investigate that light. We had a rule at our home that if we're ever driving at night and we saw one of those searchlight things, like, okay, we got to go find it. We did it most of the time. Like, okay, let's go find it. It was great when little, you know. So we'd go find it and see it, and like, that's what should be us. When we see the light, we should respond and not run from it. Nicodemus had a sincere, real conversation with Jesus. So when's the last time we had a sincere, real conversation with Jesus? And I want us to think about that. I'm not just talking to you or you at home. or I'm talking to all of us. When is the last time you had a real, sincere conversation with Jesus? And not just gone through your list. And I just said the same things. Anybody get locked into that? I've been locked into that in the past. But a real conversation. Whether it's at day, whether it's night, it doesn't matter. When you meet with him, the the key is that you meet with him. And it's okay to be really honest with him. Because he knows. Anyways. So if you're frustrated... I encourage you, tell them you're frustrated. If you don't understand, tell them you don't understand. If you're mad, he sees it. But you can have a conversation with him about it. And I'm only saying those things because I've had that conversation this week. 
God's big enough to handle those things for us. But we have to have true, sincere. Just don't pull up your boots and tighten your belt like, okay, I'm going to just fight my way through this. Because when we come to him with a sincere, true heart, he will meet us. And he will show us, he will speak to us. And he will spend time with us. And then we'll experience his peace. And he'll give us exactly what we need for that moment. Hang on to those moments. Maybe some of us have been trying too hard. You're like Nicodemus. He tried really hard to obey and to follow it to the best of his ability. And then when he met Jesus, he realized that, I think there's something else I'm supposed to be doing. Because when I just follow the law, it doesn't bring me life. And it is by grace that we're saved. It's not by works. Because if it was by works, then it would be about us. And we could brag about it. Look what I'm doing. Look at me, look at me, look at me. We should never say, look at me. It should always be, look at him. It's all about him, just like we sang about this morning. Do you guys realize, the Bible says, Ephesians, that we're saved by grace. It's not works, but we're saved by grace. Do you guys realize that the grace of God cost Jesus his life? And that's why I love that last song. I play that last song, The Scandal of Grace, all the time. Because it starts off with grace. What have you done? Jesus murdered for me on the cross. I mean, graphic words, but real. Jesus, you died for me because of grace. We want grace so that we live and not go through all that stuff. But it's when we go through the stuff is usually when we experience his grace. So have a conversation with God this week. Stop trying so hard. (laughs) Maybe some of us like Nicodemus also have been overthinking it. Following Jesus really isn't that hard. I mean, it's hard. The first step is super easy, saying yes. Let's just stop there. Because those of you that, like, I didn't even know there was things going on in my life until I met Jesus. And then when I met Jesus, like, ooh, I'm a mess. And it's taken him a long time, and he's still... It's taken me a long time. (laughs) And he's still working. He never stops working. Singing all long songs, lyrics this morning. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, he never stops working because he's a way maker. And he's a promise keeper and he's light in my darkness. He's so good to us, church. So good to us. He is risen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He's talking to Nicodemus, but he's talking to all of us. That whoever believes in him will not perish, will not die, but will have everlasting life. And my prayer for you is that you've experienced his life. If you've never experienced his life before, Easter Sunday 2021 
would be an amazing day to say, I receive new life today. I heard this story about this guy named Nicodemus. Jesus told him he needed to be born again. I want to be born again. I encourage you to have that conversation with Jesus. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to give you a fancy little piece of paper today. Maybe next week I will. (laughs) But this conversation is recorded between two people, Jesus and Nicodemus. And somehow we were privileged to be able to peek in on it and see it. So I ask that you would have sincere conversations this week with God. Tell him where you're at. Be honest with him. And here's the big one. Be honest with yourself. If you need help, get help. Ask somebody to help you. Ask somebody to walk with you. Be honest with them. Now, make sure they love, love you. Make sure you trust them so you don't see it on the Internet tomorrow. Okay? But that, that's how we're going to grow, and that's how we're going to get real with God. Can you stand with me? Jesus, we are thankful for a new day. Today, the sun has come up. 2,000 years ago, the sun did Rise up. And we give you praise this morning for who you are, Jesus, in us. Lord, I pray for those conversations this week. I pray for those honest moments. I pray that, God, that we would come to you with sincere hearts. And I pray that we would stop working so hard, that we can rest in your grace. I pray that we would stop overthinking it and that we would simply follow. And we'll be like the wind, and we'll just flow in your spirit. And so we ask that you would lead us, and we know that you faithfully will. In Jesus' name. And the church said? Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. God bless you.